this is Zero G, a history of forgotten phones. I'm Christy Pitts, joined by... I'm Peter Rojas. And we're here to talk to you today about the phones that time has forgotten. Yes, this is a podcast where we have been wandering back through time to talk about uh, you know, the, the thing that it reminds me of is a little bit of when you um, read about kind of the history of um, of Homo sapiens and Neanderthals and sort of all these branches of the evolutionary tree that that didn't make it to the present day. Yeah. And uh, we're going to talk about sort of how there was this explosion of smartphones 10, 15 years ago and lots of different platforms, lots of different things going on and really only two survived. Yes. Which is iPhone and Android. Yep. And then everything else has sort of been not exactly airbrushed out of history, but it's been so long now that I think people forget that if you go back to the beginning of the smartphone era, 2004, 2005, right before the iPhone, there was a lot of weird random phones, a lot of different platforms, a lot of different software out there. And uh, we've been talking about all of them. And now we're up to 2008, which is actually technically into the iPhone era at the beginning of the Android era, but there yes. was still a lot of random phones being super, launched. Super, super random. If you upgraded your phone in 2008, all I have to say to you is I'm sorry. <laughs> it was not a great year. Nope. <laughs> now, it was the year that I switched from uh, my personal handset. My main handset was the, uh, I had the Blackberry, the 8830, which we talked about last episode, I think, or two episodes ago. Maybe it was yeah. last episode. And then I actually had been waiting, waiting, waiting patiently for the first Android phone, which was the the G1, which was, I think, called the brand of the T-Mobile G1, but it was actually made by HTC. We're not going to talk about the Android. We're not even going to talk about the iPhone that came out that year. Nope. We are going to talk about something really <laughs> epic that came out that year. <laughs> As an epic fail. Oh, epic no. Fa- oh, yeah, it is an epic fail. We're going to talk about the um, the storm. This was BlackBerry's ill-fated response. This was – it was almost comic- a comically bad response to the iPhone, <sighs> which we're going we're gonna to talk about in a few minutes. It was, a, th- it was a Hail Mary, if you will. Yeah. And I have the worst story ever about it. <laughs> I, I, have, I, have, I have some anecdotes too, but I'm, I've been dying to hear – this story from you, Christy. I mean, but, it's like the most cringeworthy memory of my entire life. <laughs> this might be my most embarrassing moment, potentially. Wow. Okay. Uh, not to, not to, uh, don't, don't undersell it though. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, but there were a bunch of other weird phones that came out uh, this year, or maybe weird isn't quite the right word. I think one way to think about them is that in 2007, 2008 was uh, the year that kind of smartphones leveled up a little bit in terms of user experience and modern OSs. Two modern OSs were introduced, right, with iOS and Android, which laid the groundwork for what we have today. Everybody else that was in the market or everyone else who was making phones at the time or making at least uh, software for phones was kind of just incrementally improving over what they'd done before. It was, it was I, I really hope I haven't used this metaphor before, but it was a little bit like the Wiley Coyote like he's walk, he's run over the cliff and mm-hmm. hasn't realized that there's no no ground underneath. Exactly. And exactly. This is the year where they start to kind of look down and realize, like, oh shit, like there's we we screwed up. Like we are way behind everybody else. So some of the phones that that did come out this year, we'll just kind of I think we're gonna breeze through them mostly because none of them were especially noteworthy. But one of the ones that uh that I thought was at least 
had really nice hardware design was the Nokia E71. Did you ever, this one didn't really make it to the US, uh, maybe only as an import. No, but, it doesn't uh, really ring a bell. Yeah. So the Nokia E71, this was a, it's a QWERTY I phone. Like phone though. Yeah. It, it, it ran, runs, uh, you know, Nokia's uh, Series 60 Symbian OS. Uh, and so it was, I mean, the hardware itself, it was stainless steel, really beautiful, uh, kind of a little bit like the- um, 8830. The, yeah, well, yeah, so like the Razor actually was the phone that it reminds you a little bit because because that little bit of taper at the end at oh, the yeah. bottom. I see it. Uh, yeah, but Series 60 was just not up to snuff. by two th- Even by 2008, it was falling short. And uh, there were some things that were nice in here in terms of the, uh, uh, you know, there was Nokia, there was Nokia Maps, which is their mapping application. Uh, I mean, it had a music player and you could, watch, you know, videos and, you know, there are th- things that were, that, that had on it, but they were kind of still falling into this trap of thinking of it as a business phone and that really you cared about email and having a good keyboard and all the rest was sort of superfluous, I guess, is maybe a way to think about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it didn't, it, it, it obviously did not save Nokia. I mean, nothing Nokia did save Nokia. Um, but the other one that they introduced uh, towards the end of, of 2008 was the Nokia N97. And this is another one, which I, again, I wouldn't fault you if you don't remember this one at all. I got sent one uh, to review in 2009, and I remember it, the the version I got. I think it didn't work; like something was broken with it, and they had to replace it. But it was kind of the same thing. It was is running Series 60, and it was nice. It had this sort of slide out uh, design with the with the QWERTY keyboard underneath. Hardware is really nice, but again, the software was just not. Uh, uh, you know, anywhere close to, to, to what it should be compared with the competition that was out there at that point. Hey, let me ask you a question about the software because I never yeah. really used these Nokia devices. Um, so it wasn't exactly in 2008. We're, I'm fudging just a little bit because I just yeah. looked it up while we are on. Um, but I remember, I think we're going to talk about BlackBerry Bold as well as Storm in a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. one of the things about those phones um, in early 2009, and I think there were some competitive apps in 2008, um, but like Pandora for BlackBerry launched in February 2009. So apps were just kind of like, this was before apps were a bit like the, what we take there. This was before like there was this, there's an app for that. Right. But yeah. what was the experience like with Nokia N97? Is it still like the um, brew phones of the past or were there more, was there like a Gmail app? What was that like? I don't remember if there was a Gmail app or not. I mean, there was a, a, an ecosystem around Symbian. But one of the tricky things about Symbian is that each OEM essentially had their own flavor of it. So you could, you, it wasn't let, like Android where you essentially could write, you know, create an app and it would run on, say, most of the phones out there. Obviously, not every Android app is going to run on every Android phone. But uh, but with Symbian, it was it was more like, uh, you had to do it almost like a custom build for each like kind of um, variant of Symbian. Like Sony Ericsson had their flavor, Nokia had their flavor, Samsung had their flavor. Okay. And um, and and I think that was one of the, the the tricky things. I do remember, and I wish I could remember exactly when this happened, but uh, around the time that the, that uh, Apple opened up the uh, created the App Store for the iPhone, I remember getting in an argument with somebody probably on Twitter. Um, where it might have been actually on gadget on my old on my old site where um, I was arguing that developers were going to flock to 
was it wasn't called iOS at the time, but we're going to flock to the iPhone because they had a, they had this great platform for um, distributing apps. And um, I remember this guy said, "Developers are going to go with." Yeah, I remember this really clearly. They're going to go where the gold is. That's Symbian. Oh wow! Because the install base is just so big, and. Honestly, I wish I could find it just so I could <laughs> ping that guy and be like, hey, what's up, man? Um, <laughs> you could print it out and put it in. You print it out. Like, um, is, I was right. Yeah, I was right. <laughs> I was so right. Um, but satisfaction. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so something like the, the, the you know, the, uh, the N97, it just, um, uh, it just, it just wasn't modern in the same way. It was, it had trouble um, running. Um, I mean, it didn't have enough RAM. So, I remember that being an issue around being able to install apps or run apps uh, quickly. Um, developers weren't building great apps for it, uh, and um, and so, but there's just you know the sort of um, uh, you know sense that that uh, on the developer side that you don't it just wasn't a sort of a modern platform in which you could build mm-hmm. uh, build things, and mm-hmm. also. Um, Again, Apple made the installation process so easy mm-hmm. compared with everybody else. Yep, and uh, and I think that that made a, a really big difference. Yep, absolutely. So, I mean, we forget that getting apps on a on a phone before could be really tricky. There were app stores, but they were. Do you remember this? They were web based stores where you right. would go and would you go would buy something again, and you would like, yeah. click a link, and it would load, and then you click a link, and it would load. And it would like, and then you would have to install it via the the desktop app for syncing, mm-hmm. and um, it was just it, it was kludgy, and, and it created a lot of friction in the process. And and I think that that we forget uh, that really what Apple and Android were able to do so well was just to reduce the friction to installing apps. Yep. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. So. That that was not a uh, there there are lots of issues there. I mean, and, and the same thing with um, uh, another phone that was uh, you know I wanted to talk about just to touch on really, which was like the Palm Trio Pro, which this one was really the end of the line. Yeah, I thought for Palm. Yeah, for for the for the Trio line, it's a phone. We talked about the Centro. It was like a Centro that was a little bit bigger, but running Windows, uh, Windows Mobile, mm-hmm. and it just felt like too little too late it was like a slightly bigger centro but otherwise it was like why bother at this point i mean you just felt like there were so many other options that you could have um that that were better yeah and the thing is there was so there were a lot of people that were loyalists to the palm trio 700w and 700wx and loved those devices but the thing is there was a lot of competition in windows outside of palm If you had one of those older models and you wanted to change to something new and you came in and you saw the Centro and then you saw what was being offered by like um, even Samsung or other providers, I don't know, you you probably weren't getting a Trio Pro. Yeah. And also, I mean, the thing I remember about it is that the keyboard wasn't that great. Right. And that was always one of the nice things about if you weren't going to do BlackBerry, because BlackBerry sort of hands down had the best keyboards. Uh, at least one of the things you could count on with the trio was a pretty good keyboard. This one had more of the style of the Centro keyboard and this almost like membrane like keyboard and, and the Centro keyboard was terrible. Yeah. The buttons uh, were too small, too close together. Yep. Yeah. Did you, I don't think for, did Verizon carry this phone? I don't, I don't think they did. 
you know, it's a CD Mayphone. I think it was on Sprint. I don't was a, I don't think that we carried it. I'm looking at it and I just think of the Centro when I look at it. The design is super yeah. similar. Yeah, yeah. It, it 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 was one of those phones that I actually almost erased from memory until I was doing uh, some research for this. Um, but another one in this vein was again again a phone that didn't really uh do so well. I don't know if this phone is ever again ever sold in the U.S., but was the Sony Ericsson, uh, the Xperia X1, mm-hmm. which again it was a, a, a QWERTY slider phone. Uh, it had this sort of arc. They call it an arc slider, so the, the screen kind of slid up in a little bit of an arc, so you yeah. get a little bit of a. It wasn't flat exactly, which is kind of cool. Uh, and Sony, or at least Sony Ericsson, did some interesting stuff with a like a tile based interface yeah. with kind of widgets and things like that on top of Windows Mobile. So we didn't have this one, but we had a phone called the Xperia Play, which came out a couple of years after this. And Was this the PlayStation phone? Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at it. Um, anyways, back to the, to the one, to the X1. I think when I'm looking at pictures of it, it reminds me a bit of where Windows Mobile went with their operating system, looking yeah. at the tiled software. Yeah, it was, it, it, it was one of those things that seemed... Uh, really promising. I remember there being a lot of buzz about it actually when it first came out and then it took them a long time to ship it. And I think what it was is by the time it was shipped, it just felt, uh, I'm trying to remember. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was, it was presented in, I think January, February of 2008 and then didn't ship until basically October. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and again, I, I think that the, the cycles could be a little bit longer back you know, 15 years ago, but I think 10 years ago, you couldn't get away with it. And uh, at that point, I mean, people were just, were not going to wait seven or eight months for a phone to ship because there were just so many other options uh, in, in the market. Uh, but um, but again, this one felt like this sort of last gasp of, of Windows Mobile. And, and we were seeing some, in it, I mean, we were seeing some really interesting, good quality hardware. I mean, this was a resistive touchscreen rather than capacitive. So Mm -hmm. that was an issue. We won't see the first capacitive Windows mobile phone until the HTC HD2 comes out. But but again, I mean, it it, it felt this is really the year that feels like everybody else ran out of steam uh, completely. And all their attempts to iterate and uh, around hardware were not going to save them when the software was really what people were caring, started to care about. Yeah, exactly. And I'm going to be really uh, frank here. So I just looked up the X1 because I didn't know it. And while the phone itself was um, a really interesting design, uh, there's images on Google Images about of the accessories. And like the desktop charger, for example, is could possibly be the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> 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 it looks like a camcorder battery pack, but then there's a um, looks like a mini USB cord that comes out of the side and plugs into the phone at the top. I mean, like, what are what was even happening here? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> if I was on Project Runway, I'd be like a Fuidishin or whatever he says. Wow. Oh yeah. That's that, that that's that's crazy. Questionable questionable decisions. Um, yeah, that that's weird. Uh, and then last one I think we would talk about just before we move on to the, the storm was the, uh, the, the Omnia, right. Which was the, the I-900, yeah. which this one was sold. The Verizon, Verizon carried this. 
Yeah. And you know what's actually interesting? So Omnia was a Windows mobile phone. Um, it had an interesting kind of maybe trackpad is a word. Um, so it was a it was a touchscreen phone. It didn't have a keyboard, but it had this it had a button to to call and a button to end, and then like a bit of a trackpad in the middle that you could use, but it also came with a stylus um that would be on like a bit of a lanyard and you could tie the stylus to the phone. Um, and what's interesting about that is now that I'm looking at this, I feel like maybe that was inspiration for the note line down the road. It was a very similar kind of idea, the stylus and the phone coming together and the way they work. So we, but well, yeah. there was a little touchpad thing. Is that? Yeah. It was a little touch so it's a touchscreen and a touchpad. Touchscreen and touchpad and stylus. Wow. That's, I mean, that's like, like having like the multiple, uh, what is it? A, uh, a, uh, uh, directional pads like or, you know or keypads yeah it's just uh it's overkill uh i i think yeah. the thing that's none of them work very well for the record <laughs> just one of the... and in fact you could create like a little mouse um that you would move around on the screen with just the trackpad well, <laughs> it was it was a bit of an that is so weird the thing that um uh, i um I, I i think is hard to understate is just how ugly this phone was yeah. Yeah. And how it was just very impractical yeah. because, you know, this was kind of the, if you were thinking about purchasing this phone, you were just heading against, uh, you know, like Blackberry would really be the biggest competition, right? Or another um, Windows device that had a full keyboard. There's no way that you were as productive or enjoyed your experience as much yeah. because these, these screens and trackpads were not they didn't work very well. And I remember the phone having a lot of bugs and a lot of issues. Also, there was something interesting in the software, um, which was, it worked, it was like you could create this little tray with the apps that you use the most, and you could keep that, it would hide on the left-hand side of the screen and it would pop back out. Like it intentionally pop back out. Yeah, so you could like, <laughs> yeah. Which was kind of a cool thing, um, but it was very reminiscent of like on a Mac, if you go down to the control bar at yeah. the bottom or like on, a, I guess on Windows, older Windows um, PCs, if you had like a control bar at the bottom or the side. Yeah. So it was kind of mimicking that experience on the phone. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it, it, and, and this was, I think we should meant this was, um, this was a Windows mobile phone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Windows mobile. Yeah. Um, but obviously did some work on top of it. Okay. So let's get to the main event. Blackberry, Blackberry Storm. Storm. So, <laughs> so 2007, the iPhones come out. RIM, we speak, Blackberry is called RIM, Research in Motion. They're, yes. They are initially dismissive of the iPhone. And then they decide they have to answer, respond to it with their own full screen, no keyboard phone, which is the yes. BlackBerry Storm. <laughs> and it had the screen clicked. So when you, it, it <laughs> physically depressed underneath your thumb. So if you selected something and you pressed on it, you would feel the screen move. And it wasn't haptics. It was actually, it would tilt down. It was actually moving. That was, yep. that was the thing that I think I've never seen any other phone do. And I think we need to ex reiterate this point to listeners is that it wasn't a haptics thing where it like vibrated a little bit, like you would see on, on a phone right now. It actually was like, had a pivot point. And if you tapped 
the phone would cut the screen would kind of tilt a little bit depending on where you tapped on the screen like it would physically click yes. now the thing i remember is that there was a commercial a tv commercial for the blackberry storm where um, i think it was john krasinski from the office mm-hmm. do you remember this <laughs> and they had him do the voiceover and it's like oh, it clicks or something like that. And uh, they really are like trying to, I mean, they spent a lot of money to promote this one. So, so you were Verizon. So oh my God. Yes. I'm which was the exclusive it. carrier for this. Yes. Okay. So I cannot iterate enough how impactful this phone was in 2008 at Verizon. So like if you could just, just for a moment, you're a Verizon employee and you see the iPhone launch and it's exclusive to AT&T in the United States and um, you wait about four or five months, and then what do you have to compete with iPhone? You have the LG Voyager, which we had discussed on a previous yep. episode, right? Not a smartphone. So then you wait another year, and Apple since then has launched another iPhone, and then now there's a BlackBerry to compete with iPhone. And also there was, um, at the time, RIM was in a bit of a heyday. There was this whole thing about CrackBerry, yep, right? yep. So it was like, finally, we have something we can compete with. And it's got a touchscreen. Um, really, actually, I think the BlackBerry Storm had a nice design. Um, it felt very premium. And what I liked about it, and what I've adopted now quite a bit on my smartphone, is it had a black on a white on black background. So like dark mode in apps today yeah. was kind of like the default for the Storm. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So do you want to hear my crazy story now? Yes. <laughs> Okay. I can't believe that I'm sharing this unrecorded audio and it will go on the internet. All right. Here's what happened. This is, so this is when, the, literally the point. This entire podcast was a setup just to get you to review. <laughs> I had to wait like six episodes to lull you into a sense of false security. And I'm still like having, um, I've been blushing from my roots of my hair down to my toes for like the last 10 minutes okay. in eager anticipation. All right. So um, when the, at the time that the storm launched, um, my job at Verizon was I was my role was called data sales consultant, which effectively like I traveled from um, different stores, um, helping the employees sell devices like smartphones and then also like broadband cards and things like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived in Gilroy, and our office was in Walnut Creek for Verizon. And all of us that were in this title were supposed to get the storm a couple of days before launch and and take it around to the stores and start training employees on how to use it so that that way, once it was out, they would have some familiarity. So I drove from Gilroy to Walnut Creek in November. Uh, oh my God, to get this thing. I come home. I think I, I picked it up on a Friday, either a Thursday morning or a Friday. And I was going to spend the weekend in the stores training the employees. So there's also something else that happened. Uh, which was, do you remember, maybe, maybe you remember this because it still exists today, but there's like, <laughs> I can't even talk. I'm stuttering. Do you remember UFC fighting? Ultimate fighting? Like, yeah, yeah that, it's so, still a thing. Yeah. So we had a UFC party at my house. Um, and wait, 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 at- wait. <laughs> <laughs> Who had a UFC party at your house? My ex at the time was super into UFC. He's my ex now, but at the time he was super into UFC. Okay. So okay, and just I'm not, the, I, I'm I'm only I'm just judging a little bit, Christy. I not get a so lot. much worse. It's so much worse. I cannot believe I'm saying. Okay. This. Okay. All right. So 
we had a UFC party at the house and um, I was like so excited about the storm. I like <laughs> it was showing it off to everyone. And then, and for the record now, I think at this time I was like maybe 23. So it was pretty young. So maybe you can use that to forgive okay. me a bit for what happens next. All right. So his friend, not my friend, spilled a bottle of vodka on my storm. Oh man. I like look across the room. I see my phone and I see them knock over this bottle of booze and it's just like glug, 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 splashing on top of the phone. Well, we already talked about the fact that the phone is a giant button. Yeah. So it's not just like if you dropped your phone in the toilet today or something, you got water in it. Like if you press on the storm, <laughs> it was like if you have water in your shoes and you're walking and it's like squish, squish, squish. All right. So then what happens um, somehow during the course of an event, the storm gets put into the toaster oven. Wait, intentionally? <laughs> yes. No, you're supposed to put it in rice. Yeah, so in 2008, maybe people didn't know about the rice trick. <laughs> All right, so um, that w also was not great because... <laughs> yeah. The, the edges of the storm actually melted in inwards <laughs> into the device. And so <laughs> I can't even talk right now. So it was like the worst of all worlds. So I just want to put this in perspective, right? I drove a four hours round trip for this training unit that was like, I had to sign the NDA of my life to get a hold of. Yeah. And it was wrecked, right? Wet, <laughs> smelled like booze, melted, <laughs> it didn't power on. It was a nightmare. So I shipped it, it, it you, back. You said like, doesn't work. Got a dead unit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I did. I shipped it back. I said dead unit. And then um, I just, <laughs> I was like, I can't train the store. Sorry. I'll just roll with whenever I had a pearl and like a gold to train them. It's similar to software. And then um, Monday. So I, I FedExed it back. And then like Monday or Tuesday, uh, which is right before the launch. I think we were launching like Thursday or Friday of that week. I'm in one of the stores and one of the operations folks is on a call with the DM and they come running out and they're like, who's received their storm shipments? And you know, like the stores, some of them had received them, some of them hadn't. And they were like, there's been reports at HQ that some of the storms have been sent that are melted. So oh. then... <laughs> <laughs> so then they had to like unbox the phones and check them for damage, signs of damage. Whoa. And I just have to say, <laughs> I'm not proud of this story. <laughs> But you can't say anything at that point. I was like, oh, it's probably unlikely that they're melting. I don't think they're <laughs> That's melting. Wow. <laughs> Maybe not unless you put them in the toaster oven. Um, so, so. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't even right now. That's true. All of that is true. And, and they never, no one ever put two and two together. There is somebody that knew. Um, his name is Dan McDowell. I think actually, I thought about Dan about being a, as a guest because he's great. He worked at uh, Verizon and HTC. I think he works at Essential now. Yeah. Uh, he gave me a call. Maybe not for like, long. <laughs> he was like, listen, Pitts, I got the phone. Yeah. Is something happened to this phone. And I was like, yeah, something, <laughs> something happened to it. And he was like, all right, I got your back. And I was like, thanks. And that was it. Wow. Yeah. Because the thing is, even not 
dunked in vodka or put in a toaster oven. The phone had issues. (laughs) Yeah, it was a nightmare. I think our return rate was like 60%. Wow, 60%. The thing I remember is that it was really, you couldn't type very quickly on it. No, because the button it took it was like the return rate on the click on the on the click on the screen was too like slow. So you would have to you would click and then wait and then click again. It would took too long. It took like also twenty minutes to boot. I don't remember. I mean, I don't remember that, but I do remember it being very very slow. And and it, clearly they had rushed it out. They it was not ready. No, it was not ready, and it was horrible because there was such a lag. And then our um, our response to a lagging device was to pop out the battery and put the battery back in. Yeah. But that process, just when you put the battery back in, you would then have to wait nearly 20 minutes just for the phone to turn on. Wow. So the apps were so slow, it would lag, it would crash, and then you would just be stuck without a working phone for such a long time. Uh, I, the thing I, I remember is I don't think it had Wi-Fi. No, it didn't. And which, okay. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Verizon didn't necessarily want phones to have Wi-Fi. Is that right? Because they want people to use Verizon's network. Like they thought thought of it as like, you shouldn't need Wi-Fi with our phone. You know, I think there was a, I don't know if that was ever a policy. Not, not a policy, but I think it was like yeah. a, you know, but the, but it, was, yeah. it seemed weird that it didn't have but Wi-Fi. It, it did seem weird that it didn't have Wi-Fi. Um, but I do remember when we first started carrying phones with Wi-Fi, we... That was like a big part of the um, changeover from unlimited. So people were widely encouraged and and we encourage people to help their customers get their Wi-Fi, like get familiar with Wi-Fi and setting up Wi-Fi and so forth. Yeah. So, but it's definitely not a stretch understanding Verizon's history with Bluetooth and others. Yeah. yeah to think that they would discourage the Wi-Fi. And, and so the, what was, the mood internally must've been, I mean, people knew it was a turkey right away. You know, it was rough because it was kind of like you knew it was a turkey and your shit didn't work, but yeah, there's a party line. And we had a lot of units to move. I mean, we sold these things like buy one, get one free. We sold these things to everyone. We shouldn't have been selling them to everyone. It was it was heavily discounted. I remember that. And and, uh, yeah. and I think is, I'm, I'm, uh, if I, I'm looking this up, but... This was the target was to be on sale for Black Friday, two thousand eight. So yes. we're really like this is really ten years ago, right now that right. Um, that this that this was coming out. I mean, I I, I uh, we launched Gadget in GDGT in. What's well, funny? I should know exactly when, but uh, I think it was July of two thousand nine, and we did a giveaway where we got like forty BlackBerry Storms to give away. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And uh, I I think there was some slight dissatisfaction from the winners <laughs> um, that it was not quite the, uh, I mean, I think even at that point, people knew it wasn't necessarily a great phone, but um, mm-hmm. it was not the, uh, uh, I think there was some frustration with it, but they ended up doing a second one, the Storm 2, yeah. which was Storm two. slightly better, but not really much better. Yeah, and the Storm, um, it had this huge marketing budget. We had Storm launch parties. And for example, like at the Storm launch party that we had in San Francisco, Gabrielle Union was there hanging out with Verizon employees yeah. to celebrate the BlackBerry Storm. And we all got BlackBerry branded umbrellas. Oh, for the Storm. I mean, yeah. yeah. It was, <laughs> oh, that's very on, on brand. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so. <laughs> I'm still like living in despair that I said UFC allowed. Yeah. But, you know, the funny thing is you could have gotten away with not even mentioning the UFC part. <laughs> I know. But I feel like I needed to share the UFC moments so you could understand. Yeah. Well, what, the it, amount of despair and sadness. Uh, it, it, and um, do you think it was the raucousness of the UFC part of the party that, or element of the party that really <laughs> got people? I think that could have been it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so. There's a toxic masculinity of the UFC party <laughs> that ruined my storm. <laughs> So uh, to go back to, you said there was 60% return rate. What was the policy on that? Because I mean, if people know that the, the, if you know, at least internally that the phone is sort of, is, is a dog, was it just like no questions asked were taking it back or were people like they got two weeks and that's that? Yeah, no, it was definitely, you weren't returning it after two weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's for sure. Um, but and, and to be fair, so we launched Android the next year, yeah. right? 2009. With the droid. With the droid. Yeah. A much brighter, happier Yes. <laughs> it was a much better phone. <laughs> yeah. Much better time in my life when the droid launched also. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think we had a lot of of um, tools and, and fact sheets. I remember creating like um, troubleshooting documents and so forth. For, in, for employees to help them mitigate the returns. So we had a whole contingency process in place. But in reality, not. I think really it was the software that did it in. Because um, do you remember, you maybe remember this, but the storm auto-rotated between portrait and landscape mode? Yeah, I remember that. And, and they did, I think, encourage people to type in landscape mode. Yeah, and I believe there was um, an accelerometer, which was... Um, something that was either new or maybe the first to market something to that effect at the time. Cause we talked it up quite a bit for the launch and then it just didn't, it wouldn't rotate back. So you'd turn it landscape to send a text message, for example, then you try to turn the phone back portrait, which you would need to do if you wanted to do anything else. And your phone would just be stuck in halfway in between. And you'd have to just take out the battery. Yeah. And then you'd have to hang out for a half an hour while you waited for your phone to turn back on. Oh man. And then also, I mean, we're selling these things at such a discount and the whole idea was that we're helping people to transition as smartphones. So people were coming out of a phone, like the envy, for example, um, or maybe they had like, it could, it was even possible. People were going from a flip phone to this phone. Yeah. So there was, it was a super steep learning curve. It was more expensive from a billing perspective. And then the thing didn't work. Yeah. What a, then, what a bait and yeah, switch, like, right? <laughs> yeah, nightmare situation. And the, they took so long to boot, we used to unbox them proactively, like in the mornings, and just put batteries in waiting for people to come in and buy them. Because if we waited for you to say, yes, you wanted one, it would add like a half an hour to your transaction time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah. Well, I think... On that note, we just probably should end this. We got to wrap this one up. I don't think that we're gonna we're gonna exceed that anecdote in the entire series of the show. <laughs> um, what a what a what a mess! And it, and 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 what a mess! Blackberry Literally. never recovered. I mean, they just never no. they never recovered from this. Uh, no. Which uh, I mean, we we kind of know the rest of. The, I mean, most at this point, we sort of know the rest of the story. I, I, but but in in two thousand eight, it 
it didn't seem like a fatal like a fatal mistake. It seemed like, okay, the misfire, but like they, they can figure this out. But uh, I don't know. I think if you went and talked to like 10 or 11 Verizon employees um, the week after Christmas, yeah, we were not in a happy place um, because we already knew there was something really special with iPhone. And we had already been selling against it with a Voyager, which was tough. Yeah. Tough enough. Then you have this, then it is a nightmare. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I think we're going to, uh, yeah. Hey, on the upside, Barack Obama was elected 10 years ago right now. Uh, well, that's true. <laughs> so, you know, that was good. <laughs> you win some, you lose some, right? It's like, uh, <laughs> phone thing didn't work out, but, uh, it was, it was a good year for politics and a bad year for phones. And, and yep. in a weird way, we have kind of the opposite right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, all right. Where so, can you find us on Twitter for more, <laughs> Jim? Yeah. Uh, so I'm at I'm at Peter Rojas. I'm I'm Christy Pitts. Hit me up with all of your embarrassing memories from your early 20s because I could use some to feel better about if, myself right now. I think if you have a better story of of destroying a phone than that, let us know. Yeah, um, please do. We'd love to hear it. And uh, thanks for tuning in. And we will be back with I think we'll do at least one more episode. Yes. Uh, of this. So. Uh, stay tuned we will have that in the feed at some point we'll have all we'll we'll have all the episodes in the feed at some point but uh we uh thank you for listening and we will catch you soon adios